Kevin and Lizzie chat about life. Welcome back to another episode. Hello, thanks for being with us. Welcome back. What tea are you drinking, Lizzie? I'm drinking Bigelow Lemon and Echinacea Herbal Tea. How about you? I'm drinking White Hibiscus by Twinnings. Well, welcome back. This is our final episode in the three-part mini-series. Right. This three-part series has been entitled Words Matter, and we're going to wrap it up today. Previously, we have looked at how words others say to us and words that we say to ourselves matter. To recap that, be mindful of how you talk to someone, especially if you're in a position of power. Be mindful of how you talk to yourself, as you would never say the same things to yourself that you would say to a best friend. Right. And last week, we asked you to think about words you use with yourself and reframe them into something that could be more empowering, more positive, and more realistic. And we hope that you were able to do that. So today's episode, like we said, is the final episode of this mini-series, and we're going to focus on the idea of core beliefs. Core beliefs are formed from the words we tell ourselves and the words that others tell us as well. So it all ties back into our idea that words matter. So I have a quote that I want to share with you by Althea Luna. And Althea says, Our core beliefs are at the very center of who we are, what we believe about ourselves, what we think of others, and how we feel about life as a whole. Core beliefs are the most deeply held assumptions we have about ourselves, the world, and others. They are firmly embedded in our thinking and significantly shape our reality, and also our behaviors. In fact, nothing matters more than our core beliefs. They are the root causes of many of our problems, issues, concerns, and sometimes the root problems of our symptoms, such as low self-esteem, low self-worth, lack of motivation, hopelessness, pessimistic worldview, and often underachievement. However, core beliefs are just that, they're beliefs. Researchers have found that core beliefs are often untrue, and they can also be self-perpetuating. So if you think of a core belief like a magnet, they attract evidence that makes them stronger, but they repel anything that might challenge them. However, it is possible to change our core beliefs. When I go over this topic in group, Lizzie, I always point out that most core beliefs are formed based during our childhood, like you had said. That's what research has shown. And when I was age eight, in addition to forming core beliefs, I also believed that Santa Claus was real. Spoiler alert. We've had this in another episode. He's just bringing it back around. Bringing it back around. I believe Santa Claus is real until I was presented with evidence that he is, in fact, not real. That evidence was all around me. It was easy for me to change that core belief because I was presented with a fact and my environment supported that. Since your environment supported the fact that Santa Claus isn't real, it was easy for you to let go of that belief. However, there are times when as adults we hold on to childlike beliefs, even if those are untrue, because the environment supports those incorrect beliefs and we don't have any evidence to the contrary. The environment plays such a big role. An example of a core belief is, I am flawed and unworthy of love and acceptance. This phrase is not true, as we discussed previously when I referenced the $20 bill analogy. Can you say that again? Because it's powerful, and in case someone missed our last episode. Okay. The $20 bill holds its value 
regardless of if it's bent, dirtied, muddied, spent time in a sweaty gym sock, crumpled, crumpled, a little bit torn, it's still $20. Just because it's not crisp from the bank doesn't mean it's lost its value. So as humans, we use that analogy to say that we still have the same value, even if we've had times where we've been torn, crumpled, beaten up, muddied, etc. And when I discuss that analogy, it shows that we are worthy of love and acceptance, which then reinforces that that core belief is not true. So we know that all humans are worthy of love and acceptance. However, if the words that I'm hearing from my environment and from myself reinforce my belief that I'm not worthy, it's going to be very hard for me to think about anything different than that core belief that I'm flawed and unworthy. And that's the example that I gave from my student who started this whole um, series of podcasts, who as a sixth grader was told more than once that she was flawed, she was never going to make it in life, she was never going to be anything. And that stuck with her. Right. The words said to her in her environment mattered. So let's provide them with another example. If I say I am flawed and unworthy of love and acceptance over and over and over and over in my head, I'm reinforcing that to myself. That's why the words we say to ourselves matter. Would I ever say you are flawed and unworthy of love and acceptance to my best friend? But Brad and Josh would not be my best friends anymore. I'll tell you that. Right. And that goes back to our episode about what we say to others matters. Okay. So what if both of these things are true? My environment reinforces the belief through the words of others. My self-talk reinforces this belief through the words I say to myself. So then how do we notice what our core beliefs are if everything I'm hearing from everybody is consistent? Well, that's a really good question, Lizzie. There are different ways to do this. And I do recommend if you know stuff we're talking about in this episode brings about feelings, please reach out to someone in your life and and talk about those feelings, whether that's a mental health professional, whether that's a teacher, support person, um, someone of that regard. Um, there's different ways to do this. Some people can identify a core belief just by looking at a list of core beliefs. I know this is true for my clients and group. If I say something like, I'm a failure, people are like, oh yeah, I definitely know that. I always think that about myself. Or... I'm not allowed to ask for help, or I can't change anything. Nobody likes me. Just hearing those words, can some people can sometimes attribute that to, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. That sounds like something I've said to myself before. Um, other examples are things like, I'm a bad person. I'm broken. I'm unlikable. Everything's my fault. When people hear phrases from a list like that, and it immediately resonates them, resonates with them, that's a good clue that it's a core belief. Okay, so what if I'm looking for these examples of core beliefs, but none of the examples resonates with me? What can I do then? Well, there's another process that we use in counseling called laddering, and that comes from Cognitive Behavioral Therapy School of Thought. Laddering means that when you hear yourself say something, either out loud or in your head, you should write it down and question its meaning. The goal is to take a broad statement you make about yourself and distill it from the core belief. Let me run through an example with you. I have a goal, and this is for me personally, to exercise 20 to 30 minutes every other day. I've completed that task Monday and Wednesday of this week, 
But on Friday or Saturday, I didn't get around to it, either through a lack of motivation, lack of energy, other plans that conflicted with it, what have you. That is something I can really relate to. As I said, that's something that I go through. So when I sit down or reflect back on this week, I might say something to myself such as, I can't stick to a routine. Okay, so let's ladder the phrase, I can't stick to a routine. So when I say I can't stick to a routine, what does that mean if it were true? It would mean that there's something wrong with me. And what does it mean if there's something wrong with you? It would probably mean that I'm flawed. And what does it mean to you if you're flawed? Well, if I'm flawed, then I'm probably a failure. You know, maybe I am a failure. You know, maybe that's where the mind really goes when we question it. You know, what does it mean to be flawed? Well, it might mean that I'm a failure. You know, there's different ways that this laddering process can kind of boil down to something. But sometimes I'm a failure. I am worthless or I'm unworthy of love and acceptance are some of the most common ones that we hear. So we're trying to take a broad statement and distill it down to what is at the root. And what is at the root is the core belief. Is the core belief. So that when I miss my exercise goal, what I say to myself is I can't stick to a routine. But what I feel inside is that I'm a failure. And then you'll reinforce that belief. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm a failure, then why try? All right. So that was pretty powerful. So let's just take a moment to reflect on the laddering technique. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. And we're back. In the first part of the episode, we have talked about what a core belief is, how it is sometimes developed, and how we can identify it. So now the question is, how do we change it? Wow, that is a big question. How do we change it? There are many different methods or techniques that can be used. And some of them have varying different degrees of success, depending on the person, depending on the person utilizing the technique. Um, I would say Google is a, is a really good source for this right now. If you want to type in, you know, if you're not driving and you're t- running, t- you're listening to this where you can type something in, you know, like, how do I change a core belief? There's so many articles about it. But the purpose of our podcast is to take all those, all that information and kind of put it into words that will hopefully help you change it. Action steps. Yeah. So I'll discuss a few of the different methods or techniques in the second part of this podcast. But first, before I do that, I want to know that after we've identified a core belief and before we work to change it, there's a really important step that we can't overlook. That is that we must first accept our core belief. Right. We can't change something before we accept it. So how do we do that? Well, we accept a core belief by just stating it. But we have to state it objectively without judgment or pity. So the example from earlier when Kevin was saying, I'm a failure, that could really sting and you could be saying that with all kinds of judgment about yourself. But in order to accept it, we just have to state it. And if we identify that core belief with a certain feeling, we wanna sit with that feeling instead of retreating from it because acknowledging that feeling instead of keeping it buried inside, can make letting go of the core belief easier. So when we're accepting a core belief, it doesn't mean that we're saying that core belief is okay or that we're never going to be able to change because of that belief. Acceptance just means acknowledgement. 
Right. You have to accept that there is a problem to work to change it. So after you accept the core belief, then ask yourself, how was this formed? This part takes some reflection. So I highly recommend journaling, creating art, getting in touch with your emotions through some mindfulness practices. It sometimes takes a while to fully figure out how a core belief was formed. And I'm saying, how was this formed, not why? Sometimes we can get stuck in the why, but the why doesn't change. If I know why something happened, it doesn't change the fact that I still have to do something about that. Like if I get in a car accident and the other driver hit my rear end, I know why the accident happened, but I still have to figure out what's next. I got to get my car repaired. So it sometimes takes a while to fully figure out how the core belief was formed. Don't get stuck in the why. Sometimes it'll take years, but it doesn't mean you can't work to change it while still trying to figure out how it was formed in the first place. So one of the ways that we can change our core belief is to check for evidence or facts that would either validate or invalidate that core belief that we're questioning. Yeah, we're going to go over the technique and it's called check the facts. If that's something that sounds familiar to you, it is the staple of cognitive-based therapy. And it's the, actually the most common form of challenging a core belief. However, there is a caveat. While it sounds simple, in practice, it is actually much more difficult. When you look for evidence or try to check what the facts stay, sometimes people struggle to be objective. Right. And when we say objective, we mean that it's not influenced by our personal feelings or opinions. So you have to take those opinions and feelings and leave them at the door when you're trying to check the facts. Right. We want to objectively look at the facts like a judge would do in a courtroom. So lawyers, prosecutors, attorneys use objective facts to try to back up their claim in a courtroom. So if my core belief is that I'm a failure, why well, would need to find objective facts that would go along with that claim? Or challenge the claim. Or challenge One that claim, other, right? yeah. The lawyer or prosecutor would start out by defining what failure is so that everyone in the courtroom would have the same understanding of that word. So in this instance, failure could mean a lot of different things. It can mean lack of success, coming up short, or if we want to go by the dictionary definition, the non-performance of an assigned or expected action. First, we have to decide which definition of failure we're going to go with here. So let's go with lack of success. Lack of success is how we are defining failure. Now, I need to objectively look at the facts. What do the objective facts say about me being a failure? Well, I think we need to even go a little deeper and ask lack of success in what? Oh, exactly. When we check the facts of a core belief, we need to know what we mean when we say I'm a failure. A failure at what? Well, in the example I gave, the failure was sticking to a workout schedule. So... The failure is, I have failed to stick to a workout schedule. This week, specifically. This week, yes. Does failure during the past week mean that everything before and everything after is and has been and will be a failure? No. There have been multiple times I've failed at things, and there have been multiple times I've succeeded at things. So when we check the facts, we realize that we need to investigate our core belief further and sometimes we realize that we are overgeneralizing the lack of success in one area to encompass the past 40 years of life. The judge in the courtroom would rule that my perceived core belief would be thrown out. The case would be thrown out because of lack of evidence. That's the checking the facts technique. Okay, so we discussed one way to challenge a core belief is to check the facts. Let's talk about another technique. 
All right, another technique is positive affirmations. An affirmation means a positive statement about ourselves that is true. Just as we take in negative messages and words from ourselves and others, so we can also take in positive messages from ourselves and others. So back to my student that this miniseries was based on. After she heard in middle school many times negative comments and negative opinions about how she would never make it in life, she did have some allies at the high school who believed in her. And those people encouraged her to succeed. They told her that she had potential. And I was one of those people as well. But she didn't buy into that right away. I got a lot of pushback because those positive affirmations just can't fix overnight what years of a negative core belief has ingrained. Right. Even during the time those negative core beliefs are being formed, if there's 10 negative core be- 10 negative statements, I guess, towards us and one positive, that one positive is not going to filter in. And I want you guys listening to this to think about core beliefs like a filter. We filter in things that reinforce a core belief that we're a loser, but we filter out messages or statements that don't reinforce it. However, there's hope for this, as the more and more positive statements or messages from ourselves and or others, those positive affirmations I'm talking about, the more and there's more of those messages, they overwhelm the filter and they start pushing through. So that's why now that this student is a senior, she has finally accepted those positive affirmations and she believes that about herself. But at first, she really pushed back against those messages because to her, they didn't seem true and they didn't seem to fit her narrative because her narrative was, I'm never going to be anything in life. So why would I believe you otherwise? But those messages started filtering in more and more from multiple people, not just me. And she started believing them. And she started to see herself succeed. She saw positive results, which reinforced a more positive core belief. So it's kind of like the positive builds on more positive. Um, And her entire world changed. And she is set to graduate high school. And she has turned her life completely around. Right. Congratulations, by the way. I know you're listening. She developed a more realistic core belief. In most cases, the realistic core belief that we can have for ourselves is that I have failed at some things and I've also succeeded at things. That's what the objective facts would say. Maybe I got an F on that test, but maybe I got an A on the next test. So I have both succeeded and I have failed. And what does that mean? Well, it means you're human. What the human experience is to experience all, all sorts of things, not just successes all the time. Right. So as I stated before, all humans deserve love, acceptance, and belonging. Therefore, just saying I am human is a really powerful core belief because saying I am human means that I am worthy. I am not a failure. I do have value. Does that make sense? Yeah, so then, then by saying I am human, that automatically invalidates any other core belief you might have, such as, I'm unworthy, I'm not deserving of love, because they're just not true. Because by virtue of being human, you are all of those things. So we need to get rid of those things that are not true in order to get back to the things that are truthful. Absolutely. 
And I, I think I only said absolutely once this whole time, which is a which is a good uh, good progress towards the goal. Nice job. Nice job. So in wrapping this mini series up and wrapping this episode up, I hope we've given you a lot to think about. Our words matter. Our words matter to others. Our words matter to ourselves. We need to work on changing those words. And I also want you to remember the power of positivity and not toxic positivity that we've discussed in a previous episode, but true authentic positivity and talking to ourselves and others in a way that we deserve. Right. If I was working towards a goal and I was trying to think of what would I tell my best friend who was working towards a goal? Well, if I saw Brad or Josh or Connor, shout out to Connor. He doesn't listen to podcasts, but whatever. Um, if I saw them working towards a goal, I'd be like, come on, you got this. I got your back. Like you can do this. I believe in you. But I don't say that to myself, but I probably should. should. Yeah, you should. So our thought for the week is, what is a core belief you hold for yourself? Is it positive or negative? If you do have positive core beliefs, that's awesome. And, you know, try to identify those. If you do, as you're reflecting, realize you have a negative core belief, try to take it through one of the processes that we discussed today. Work to reframe it. And remember to speak to yourself with positive affirmations because all humans deserve love, acceptance, and belonging. See you all next time. Thanks for listening. That's the podcast for the week. Have a great week.